back to D Cup, the Disney Channel unoriginal podcast. I'm Megan. And I'm Sabrina. You all know the drill by now. Each week we rewatch a DCOM, we talk about it, we do a little jokey joke, and then we put it on our ultimate DCOM ranking. And this week, we're watching the brand new 2021 Christmas extravaganza, Christmas Again. Megan, can you hit us with that summary? I absolutely can. It's Groundhog Day. That's it. That's the movie. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) But more specifically, preteen Rowena Clyborne is struggling to cope with her changing family dynamics around the holidays when she finds herself caught in a time loop, making it Christmas every day. So Groundhog Day. Where have you heard that? Oh, Groundhog Day, but make it Christmas. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's a fun time. I actually, I looked up about like the Groundhog Day time loop trope because I was interested in it. I, I'd also recently watched another like Groundhog Day-esque movie. Have you seen, have you seen Palm Springs? Yes. It's amazing. It's so good. <laughs> Highly recommend it's so it. good. It, yeah, no, if anybody out there likes uh, Groundhog Day time loop trope, Palm Springs, the best one I've ever seen, honestly. It's so clever and it's so funny. Yeah. I think it, I think it really like, it puts a good spin on this trope that people have done a lot. Cause you don't see it in movies as much as you do like TV shows. Like every TV show yeah. I know has a Groundhog Day episode. Like, right. But yeah, so like I looked up some about it because it's used so often and it's like it's named for the 1993 Bill Murray film Groundhog Day. I'm Classic. sure most are familiar. Great movie, great movie. But that's not the earliest example of it. Like there are a lot of like non-western books that are or that have like shown this Groundhog Day time loop trope. I think there were some Twilight Zone episodes. So like this has been around, but the Bill Murray movie popularized it and kind of gave it its name so that like anybody who watches a time loop, they're like Groundhog Day. (laughs) But something interesting I found was that there's a sub trope within this trope called Christmas Every Day. (laughs) So this. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, apparently there is, like, a lot of movies that center around Groundhog Day, but at Christmas. And, like, I can think of... Did you ever watch Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas? I did. In one of those three stories, it's Huey, Dewey, and Louie wish it would be Christmas every day. And they have the the Christmas every day Groundhog Day time loop. I forgot about that, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of... It's interesting because, like... You have to do it well because the idea of a Groundhog Day time loop is already a spoiler. Like, you know what's going to yeah. happen. It has to check so many boxes. I also feel like there has to be one, if not multiple, like Hallmark movies that have done it. You know, like. There were. I saw a lot. Yeah. Of them I yeah. It so it's like, it's definitely been done, but how many times it's been done, like, well and, like, remembered, yeah. that I think is yeah. the specialty. And I mean, I think that's the thing is, like, that's why we love Palm Springs so much is that it does this trope that everybody knows how it goes. It's a spoiler in and of itself, but it it keeps you on your toes. And I think that's that's something to be said about really good writing because, you know, if it, you have a set of boxes you have to check. So, like... 
you know, the alarm clock, like that, that reset every day, the, the character doubts that it's happening, the realization that it's happening. And then they're kind of like descent into evil. There's no consequences to my actions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kind of goofing around them. Like finally getting tired of that, finding out or like trying to figure out what's causing the time loop, getting really depressed, and then the resolution of them being a better person. Yeah. Yeah. Which is exactly what this movie did. Yeah. I feel like this movie hit that, but I didn't really feel like they, she, I think she skipped the step of trying to figure out what's causing the time loop (laughs) and how to get out of it. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think before we get into that. Yeah, sorry. I'm going so out of order. I just wanted to talk about Groundhog Day. (laughs) Yeah, I guess we, you know, we've never seen this movie. This movie came out December 3rd. So brand spanking new on Disney Plus. So Sabrina, what was kind of your first impression before you watched it? Well, I mean, based on the title and just reading the little blurb, you got that it's Groundhog's Day, but Christmas. And then based on the cover of or like the i guess poster on disney plus i don't know what you would call it the cover photo i was like another ice hockey movie question mark (laughs) no 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 but that's how they uh made it look (laughs) and what i was surprised by was that they didn't have any trailer or anything for this movie um, on disney plus which i was like because i was just gonna watch the trailer for it and do my first impression off of that. But they didn't have any. They only had like a written description. So those are really my only two first impressions because that's all we really got was the title yeah. and the title picture. So that yeah. was that was where I was at at the beginning of hmm. this movie. I actually got an Instagram ad for this like weeks ago. Like I, we had decided we were going to watch it, but I didn't like look anything up. And I was scrolling through Instagram and I... I saw this trailer for a movie and I didn't realize what it was at first. And then at the end, it said Christmas again. And I was like, hold up. (laughs) They're listening. And that's when I, that's when I realized I didn't, I didn't put it together that this was going to be like a time loop movie. And then when I watched the trailer, I was like, it's a time loop movie. So like I was, I was cautiously optimistic. The trailer seemed definitely edited for children. So I tried to keep that in mind, like going in, but I was, I was cautiously op- optimistic, I would say. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the director and ratings and stuff now? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie was written by Don La. And Carlos Ramos. I'm so sorry if I mispronounced that first name. I really couldn't find a whole lot of their writing credits. They have some like short films and stuff credited on IMDb. But like this is really like their first big notable thing. If we could, if we want to call it big and notable. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's a new Disney movie. So I guess. That's exciting. That's exciting. Like you get your, your movie, your TV movie on Disney Channel. That's really exciting. But the director, very interesting man. This movie was directed by Andy Fickman. And (laughs) this man has directed several a movie. I'm excited to see reactions to all of them. The first credit that I saw on his IMDb was Reefer Madness the Musical, starring Kristen Bell. (laughs) 
I am so intrigued. Yeah, and there's some other big names in it I can't think of off the top of my head. But yeah, so that's where he started. Love that. Other notable films he's directed are The Game Plan, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Madison Pettit. Pettis? Madison I think Pettis? It's, yeah, I think it's Pettis. Pettis. I think Madison Pettit was a girl I went to high school with. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Game Plan, starring The Rock. Race to Witch Mountain, also starring The Rock. You Again, starring Betty White. Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2, starring Paul Blart. And <laughs> Sabrina, you personally are going to get a kick out of this one. Oh, no. Mr. Andy Fickman directed She's the Man. I adore that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I adore. Oh, my gosh. Okay, just letting you know, later in this podcast, I will bring up Amanda Bynes again. So just letting you know that. <laughs> um, I, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I, I adore that movie. I adore Amanda Bynes. That's incredible. She's the Man is such a good movie. <laughs> you were actually in an adaptation of She's the Man, weren't you? I think it was called Twelfth Night, right? Yeah, I actually, I was. <laughs> you played the Amanda Bynes character in that adaptation. Right. Absolutely. Little known playwright. His name was like Bill. I don't know. Yeah, it started with an S. I I don't really know. Um, Not super popular, but uh, that movie (laughs) is so good. I thank God he directed it because he did great. I have to say, (laughs) I was very excited for your reaction to that. And I'm so happy I can bring Amanda Bynes up again later, and it will like it all is full circle. I can't wait. (laughs) Um, so why don't we hop in? I have a feeling that our first, or that our first likes are going to be very similar. So why don't you go ahead and say what you liked the best about this movie? Very first thing. First note I wrote. First like I wrote. The gays have shown up the on gays. Disney. <laughs> we have we got them. gay uncles. We got the gunkles showing up. <laughs> And they Ladies had, and gentlemen, we got them. <laughs> they have shown up and they have had a very cute, intimate moment as well. Like it wasn't yeah. just they were existing. They had characters. They were a part of the story. It was great. Yeah. And they got a little kissy poo. Yes. They had a little smoocheroonie. We got to see these gunkles do a cute little, a little mwah, mwah. I was so happy about it. Disney is taking a step. I yeah. am so excited. I need this more is actually, of this. Compared to Under Wraps, this is a leap. <laughs> True. They made the it on is- screen and they got a little smooch. Yeah, we got like the tease from under wraps where it was like yeah gay dads but we never saw them we only heard about them and now <laughs> they give us gunkles with a kiss on screen just a little kiss <laughs> <laughs> i was very excited it was it was very sweet and i know some people might be like it's just a kiss but i don't know it made me very happy when i saw it because i didn't think that disney would do it and yeah. i think that's really awesome that like People can see like their family members represented, you know, because like a lot of kids watch this 
And so they could be like, oh, that's like my gunkles. <laughs> right, exactly. I yeah. I loved it. It made me very happy. And that actually <laughs> leads me into my second like, which was the opening credits of this movie, which you don't yeah. see a lot anymore. In that um, they had them. <laughs> yeah, and it gave like a very early 2000s vibe. But what I loved about it was that they used it to introduce the characters before the movie started and also set up the location. So they didn't have to explain everything beforehand. So it was very purposeful. Like it wasn't just let's throw opening credits in here because no one does that anymore. It was, yeah, it was useful. And you, we didn't get like a, a dumb voiceover or anything. Yes. Yeah. And it kind of led you into the movie. Like, cause I know one of your big complaints is like when Disney movies just start off the bat. I know. And this I don't one. Have time to sit. <laughs> yeah. This one had a little bit of like leeway and it like gave you some time to. Yeah. It was interesting. I will say that at first I was like, what is this? Do I like it? I think I like it. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, that was my first thing when I saw the picture. I was like, gay uncles! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Me too. And I think because it's a Christmas movie too, I feel like a lot of Christmas movies, I think of like The Grinch or Elf or, you know, like the older Christmas movies that are like cult classics have that opening credits. And I feel like it's just a part of the Christmas movie world too. And so I think that's also why it worked was because it's a Christmas movie, but I really enjoyed it. It felt, it felt holly jolly. I liked it. Absolutely. This is a, this is a prop note. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely. (laughs) I loved that little penguin clock. It was cute as heck. It was adorable. I loved it. I want it. It was precious. (laughs) But also imagine how many of those they had. On that yeah, because they there's that whole montage where she's like trying to destroy it. There were so many montages in this movie. That's true. Like I I love a montage, but after the third one, I was like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa! Now three yeah. montages in an hour and thirty two minutes. <laughs> yeah, they really use that uh, a lot in this yeah. movie. I also loved the incorporation of. Hispanic culture and language in this. Yeah, absolutely. I I thought that was really fun. And I was like, okay, good. Some diversity here. Like they had a decent amount of diversity in this movie. And I was like- It reminded me of like in Full Court Miracle when we saw a lot of like Jewish culture and like like cultural phrases and traditions and stuff. And so I I liked that a lot. Yeah, I I thought it was a great little addition. Like it they just they incorporated it really well into the story where it felt mm-hmm. like very natural and they weren't trying to make it like this is a thing we're doing. Like it was yeah. just a part of the story because that can go wrong really quickly yeah. if they're like I'm making this a statement. They weren't doing yeah. that, which I really Look enjoyed. at this Latina family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was very they happy to so see that. They are so Latin. Ah. <laughs> Oh, no. (laughs) A scene that I thought was super sweet and cute. It is in the section of the movie that I like to call the parent trap arc. (laughs) Um, Oh, good God. I don't 
for the listeners, this movie has a lot of this movie has at least eight acts in it. Like instead of yeah. like a classic like three four act structure, I would say there's at least like eleven acts in this movie. Um, so if it sounds confusing, it's confusing for us too. Um, yes. So in the Parent Trap Act, there's a scene where Rowena is trying to get her mom and dad to get back together because it's it's Christmas. Her parents are divorced, and her dad has come for Christmas Day. And he's brought his new fiance and her son. And Rowena, out of nowhere, decides that she wants her parents to get back together. (laughs) And so she's using her her repeat days to really execute this plan. And she, there's a sweet scene where she puts on some music. And then Rowena and her sister and her mom and dad all start to like dance together in the living room. And it made my heart feel so warm. I just, I loved seeing like a family, you know, just dancing and having fun together. It was really sweet. Yeah. I, I also loved that scene. I thought it was such a nice little moment. And also speaking on like her parents in this movie, dealing with the topic of divorced parents around the holidays specifically and how hard that can be for children, especially when new people are coming into the family and traditions are changing and, you know, things are just different. I think they dealt with that pretty well overall. Yeah, Um, for sure. And I know there are a lot of people out there who have dealt with that and will relate to that. And especially kids now being able to see that type of dynamic on screen Mm -hmm. if they're going through something like that it could help them feel a little more like seen and heard so i think like class disney for that because i think they did a really good job speaking on that yeah it's such a great like story i also loved that the parents the divorced mom and dad got along so well yes like yeah and the mom was the mom was open And, like, wanted her ex-husband to be in her house for Christmas with the kids instead of, like, the kids spend Christmas at the dad's this year, mom's this year, that they had a strong enough relationship to where they could still be together. And, like, it looked like the one of the uncles even got a present for his ex-brother-in-law's new stepkid. Like, that family is still so close. And, like, I don't – I don't – I'm not as familiar with like divorce. I don't know how like how accurate that is, but I love that they portrayed this as like something that can be done. And I also love that they didn't make the mom go against the girlfriend, like the yeah. dad's new girlfriend. Like they were like Hold even on, though me... dad's new girlfriend was a piece of work. Yeah, she was something else. But like they didn't it wasn't they didn't pit each other or pit them against each other, which I was no. very happy about because I feel like they do that a lot in movies yeah. like this where it's like they always pit the mom against the new girlfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was very happy to see that they didn't do that in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Another moment that I really liked was this is like I guess Trying to think in what act this took place. I think this is like a little after the parent trap part of the movie. 
Okay. And it's, I think Rowena is acting very upset. I think this is where she's kind of like giving up. And her sister, who I didn't like the sister very much in the beginning. And then uh, the sister goes in and checks on her and they have like a heart to heart and they cry. I thought the sister's performance was very good. I agree. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, groundbreaking, best thing I've ever seen. But like, I thought that she did a really good job in that moment. I, I think they didn't give the sister enough in the beginning. And Mm -hmm. I I felt the same way where I was like, I don't really know if I like her very much, but they didn't give us much of her. But that moment, I, Mm -hmm. that's probably my favorite scene of the movie. It was very like heartfelt and like siblings having a hard talk like that is always like something that kind of like hits my heart. And I also think the scene towards the end where Rowena gives Gabby the tablet for Christmas, I, that, you know, warmed my heart too. I was like, wow, I love seeing this like sister bond, especially at the beginning when it was more of like a big sister picks on little sister dynamic. And I also think Gabby did a great job, especially in those two scenes. Like I wish they Mm. would have given her more, honestly. Yeah. Because I think she did fantastic. Yeah, I think the moments. stuff they gave her at the beginning just wasn't developed enough. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, now, I gotta say, yes. my favorite character of this whole movie. Uh-huh. Tall Santa. <laughs> <laughs> no, shut your shut your mouth. Listen, I loved <laughs> Santa. I loved his energy. I loved his like vibe. I thought he was so funny. <laughs> I'm looking for a boo sound effect. (laughs) (laughs) No, listen. Okay. Now, I I don't want to get too much into this right now because Uh I will talk about it later. A lot of acting throughout the whole movie was very over the top. And he was kind of a weird, quirky character. But he Uh didn't play it as over the top, even though he was the one who could. And so I thought it was interesting... That he he felt more downplayed to me than the family did, and that was interesting. An interesting dynamic. Did at you least forget to me. about the whole like limo scene where he's being a customer support rep? No, I totally <laughs> I, yes, I. But I think acting wise, he was my favorite. Okay, no, you know what? I agree with you. I think that he was the best actor. Yeah, in- I think acting wise, I was more with yeah. him. And I was like, okay. And because the family, a lot of it was over the top to me. And a lot of this was written really over the top. So I think it was what was given to them. But I loved his acting. I thought it was funny and more interesting than a lot of the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, Because he made some very different choices as a Santa. Yeah. In that he was tall. (laughs) (laughs) right yeah well Um, we'll talk more about tall santa later i think my i i my last positive is i thought the ending was very cute i thought that it was a nice little wrap up in the end of this movie i guess rowena has gone and she has just helped everyone in this town somehow (laughs) like she she's been in this time loop that's another thing i want to discuss like i want us to have a intellectual conversation of how long we think she was in this time loop oh my Um, god (laughs) because like she she goes and like she has helped out every person in the town and in the end 
every person in the town like shows up to their house for Christmas. And it's just this beautiful little Christmas party. And I thought it was so sweet. It really, it, it, it put a little hop in my step, felt very holly jolly. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I think the end, it was literally when all of the people started showing up from the town and it was that party and everyone was kind of back together. And I think that gave me the most Christmassy feel the entire yeah. movie. And that I was like, oh, here's like the, the heartwarming Christmas movie feeling that I've been wanting. Like, yeah. I was like, I was excited at the end. So I was like, oh, there it is. That's that's mm-hmm. what I've been wanting to feel. And I I think, especially with everyone like showing up and them being like invited into the house and it was just like a big yeah. party of like everyone in the street and stuff like that. It was just so fun and also not expected yeah. like as the ending. Like I thought it was just going to be our family at the end. Yeah. But I, I liked that, that a bunch of people were there. involved. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love I'm a sucker for a sense of community. I am so susceptible to cults because I just want friends anywhere I go. Oh my god. I'm going to have to rescue you from a cult one day. Yeah. I'm going to be like, "These are my friends. We wear matching outfits and we like we just hang out all the time." I'm like, I really no, like no, the no, sense sweetie. of community. No. <laughs> And then it's like, I don't think we should all marry that one guy, but I guess. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I can see my future already. (laughs) (laughs) My last thing that I want to bring up as a positive. I loved the one woman asking her boyfriend to marry her. Loved her. I thought that was was so fun and so cute and not super necessary, but I loved it. (laughs) It was it was precious. They were a cute couple. And I was like, I love seeing that like turn. Like, yeah. Why can't a woman ask a man to marry her? Yeah. Do it. I love that. And it it was a cute little moment. Um I'll tell you why. I don't want to have to buy the ring. I'm That's cheap. Valid, okay. <laughs> get him like one of those no, like, candy I, I, dispenser rings or whatever. Yeah, you can get a real one. Here's a later. ring pop. <laughs> no, I thought it was. I thought it was sweet, and they were a very cute couple. Yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah. So I guess it's time for the dislikes into our negatives. Um, I guess I I'd like to start out with just a general. For me, acting across the board just was not great. Like, uh, and I don't want to like single out any actor in particular because I just think across the board, I think this might not have been their best work. I'm not saying that I think these actors are bad in any means. I just don't think, you know, as actors ourselves, we all have our bad days. (laughs) Yes. And I also think that goes hand in hand with the writing and, writing and direction. we're in a yes. cheesy Christmas movie as well. Yes, absolutely. So it's just, they're kind of in this like world where it can easily go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You got to work with what you're given. Yeah. I just, I didn't feel like any of, and I'm speaking more about like Rowena and her family. I didn't feel like any of the characters were believable. And I didn't really believe any of the relationships, maybe just a handful. Like I thought that the the Gunkles 
had a cute little relationship. And of the of Rowena's family, I think they were the least annoying, but they were still kind of annoying sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I think I liked Rowena and her sister, Gabby, in that one moment. Yeah. Agreed. But like, for example, the first scene in the movie is Rowena and her mom. And I just, I didn't get a mother-daughter relationship. It felt like she was just talking to a kid she knew. Yeah, and that specifically, that scene, the very first one, I wrote down, this feels unnatural to them. It, very unnatural. And like there were and no it kind of lasted in this scene. Yeah, and it kind of lasted throughout the whole movie, throughout a lot of the characters, was yeah. just this unnatural like cadence with each other. I didn't believe they were related. Yeah, I didn't feel like they've li- like lived together and yeah. known each other forever, you know, like and yeah. I'm curious as an actor, like if there was any bonding on that set or yeah. like, because I know COVID is still in place. Yeah. So they could have been it's in bubbles. Hard. They could have been quarantined. And so I'm wondering if that is a problem, but yeah, it just didn't feel yeah. like they had any real connection with each other throughout the movie. Yeah. And I mean, this was a problem that we had with under wraps 2021. And then that in that there was not a beat in the whole movie. There were beats in this movie, but I'll tell you that first scene, I got worried <laughs> that it was going to be yeah. another movie without beats because that first scene, it was like, and I, I even paid attention. I was like, is this editing or is this acting direction? And it wasn't editing. Like pe- they just weren't taking pauses. Yeah. So speaking of beats, so I know for Under Wraps 2021, we had problems where there were no beats. They took no time <laughs> uh-huh. and everything was just kind of on top of each other. This movie felt very opposite to me where I was like, they are taking too much time. <laughs> really? I need them to like, and maybe not within like the scenes itself, but I think there's the overall movie. I was like, there, oh, I, okay, yes. <laughs> this is a lot. Like we need to speed this up or like somehow I thought they were going to use the montages like, more to speed up the time and like the process of this whole thing. They Mm -hmm. didn't really. And so I was like, oh, this, I feel like they're spending a little too much time on this specifically. So I feel like they gave too much time on this one and then no time on Under Wraps 2021. So it was very interesting to me to see that dynamic. And like to go back to what we were saying about like the acting and how everyone felt kind of like unnatural around each other. I will credit, I think, a lot of that to the dialogue. I I think the idea of Christmas again is a it's a I mean, it's a it's a solid idea. It's a trope that is used over and over again. It's used over and over again because people like it. So I'm not going to like fault anything with like the overarching story. But the dialogue was just very stilted and unnatural. Like, I don't know. It just, it didn't feel like they were human people talking to each other. It felt like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It felt like a robot wrote this script at some points. And like, and not to be like mean, but there was, were some points where I'm like, say, this, yeah. is that a little rude? We can cut well, that if it's too rude. Yeah, I, well, um, I was going to say it felt like we were watching a group of aliens pretending to be humans. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe we can cut both of what we said. (laughs) 
that's a little mean. <laughs> but that's what it, you agree. We both agree, obviously, that that's what it sounds like. Yeah, we just I, won't put it in the pod. Yeah, that's something <laughs> we should say because I I think it would be a little. We don't want to be that mean. <laughs> okay, but I think um, we can say that it was it was stilted and unnatural and yeah. Okay, then yeah. I I guess I can move on to one of my other points. So another thing, you need a lot of suspension of disbelief for this movie. <laughs> and let me tell you why. <laughs> I would love to know why. <laughs> this girl is reliving the same day over and over again, right? Yeah. And so she has this list of Christmas memories that she wants to relive. And she just goes out and does them <laughs> on Christmas Day while her family is at home and they don't question where she is at all. She leaves in this stretch limo with Santa Claus. Tall Santa. To, tall Santa. Right, with tall Santa to do all of this stuff by herself alone in Chicago. And I you just can't. You know what? It, it made me laugh a lot, this exact thing. Because I was like, this girl... In my head, I was like, the parents aren't not questioning it. I wish we had gotten like a cut to back at home of all of them freaking out, being like, where is Rowena? Where's my daughter? And she does this most of the days of the time loop. So she's putting her parents through hell many days in a row. Her just leaving and everybody being like, where's my 11 year old? Also, like, another thing that kind of blew my mind. I was like, why did they do this? So her and her dad watched this hockey game, which it brings up the cover yeah. picture. And it's Santas versus elves. And it's this, like, Christmas hockey game they watch every year. And the, the players and, are dressed up in costumes. Right. And so one of these days when she disappears on her family on Christmas, she goes to the hockey game and she somehow gets on the ice somehow knows how to play hockey and somehow scores a goal no no no. that was part of the montage was it wasn't that she in one day she went got on the ice got really good and no i understand that over the course of the loop she trained to be a professional hockey player No, that's what I'm saying. Like, it just, overall, like, it just keeps happening. I'm like, why are they just letting her do this? Like, are these people not, like, human beings seeing this child walk onto their, like, ice skating rink and play? I don't, I can get past that. I was like. Yeah, that one I was really, you know, I love to, to suspend my disbelief. Like I suspend my disbelief like it's a delinquent student. I really do. But <laughs> I, I was unable to do it for that moment. And I, I did have to step back at a moment and be like, okay, this is for kids. Yeah. Like as, as a child, would I love this? But then I, there was a point where I was like, this is too much. Like <laughs> even as a kid, I would be like, is that po- that's not possible? What the <laughs> no? Like logically, say, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, Rowena really uh, gained a lot of skills in this movie. Yeah, she mastered <laughs> so many skills. Which I mean, we can bring this up now in the middle of our negatives discussion because this leads into it. I need us to talk about how long we think she was in this time loop because in Groundhog Day. 
in Groundhog Day, like people have like right. proposed, like how how long was Phil Connors stuck in the time loop? And Harold Ramis, who wrote the movie in an interview at one point, said that he was stuck in it for ten thousand years. Like that is how long he thinks he Bill Murray was in the time loop, and his reasoning for that is because like because he learns a lot of skills in the movie. Like I think he becomes like an ice sculptor at one point. Yeah. It's yeah. been a while since I've seen Groundhog Day. But like he learns he learns and perfects all these skills. I think he becomes like a classical piano player to become proficient at a lot of these things. It does take many many years. And so if we're going to look at all these skills Rowena mastered, <laughs> If Groundhog Day was 10,000 years, I think Rowena, I would propose, <laughs> Rowena was stuck <laughs> in this time loop for maybe 20,000. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that number that the writer said for the original <laughs> Groundhog's Day. But now hearing that, it had to be much, much longer for Rowena. <laughs> much longer. Now, I was thinking maybe like 500 years. But then I looked up the Groundhog's Day number. I think Harold Ramis may have been stretching it a little. But if that is the standard, based on the movie that the trope is named after, we have to honor that and say Rowena was trapped in purgatory for 20,000 years. Which also, I cannot imagine a worse age to be stuck at for 20,000 years. 11? Are you kidding? That sucks. (laughs) That's awful. <laughs> Even if it is Christmas every day. I love Christmas. I have, oh, man. Yeah, so, that it sounds terrible. Would you agree um, 20,000? Yeah, yeah. At least. <laughs> At least. Let's name the skills that Rowena becomes proficient in. Ice hockey. Ice hockey. <laughs> Makeup. Judo. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about judo. <laughs> Her, uh, one of her uncles teaches her and her, um, her, her, her I, soon-to-be stepbrother. Soon-to-be stepbrother? Yeah. yeah. Judo. Yeah. Which uh, she happens to be really good at. Yeah, she also, like, she <laughs> keeps winning the lottery many times. Yeah. She learns all about her family and, like, the games when they were playing uh, Pictionary. She could she like, had those games memorized. Clinical ease. She fired those off. So I'm thinking yeah. like at least 40 years of Pictionary. <laughs> yeah. So and then she because they had to get through all of those cards for her to have that memorized. Yeah. Like every day. Yeah. It <laughs> so was yeah, a lot. That must and then I, I want to say she spent at least uh, 5,000 years in the parent trap phase. Oh my god! Yeah. That, Which meant I she was like... poisoning her stepmom for 5,000 years. Dude, can we talk she... about this? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so uh, let's explain it a little bit. So <laughs> the dad's girlfriend, soon to be stepmom, is Diane. Yes, Diane is allergic to cats. Like severely? Yeah. And. For the parent trap act of this movie, Rowena takes Diane's coat and gets the neighbor's missing cat to have lay on the coat on the and coat. have babies on the coat. And then has Diane put it on to go outside. And 
Now, I have to say, I laughed at the scene where Diane could not stop sneezing. I thought that was Oh my god, we so have to talk funny. about this because so I'm being housed by a theater right now and I have a roommate. And my roommate walked through the living room while I was watching it while the sneezing scene scene came on and she commented she was like these are the fakest sneezes I've ever seen. And it's because she didn't fake sneeze. This bitch just yelled. <laughs> she did. I, I, listeners, I'm not kidding you. This woman said "achoo." <laughs> she said "achoo," and then one time she just said "ah." <laughs> she just, she just yelled. No, but what was my favorite part was that not only did she yell, but the mom, Rowena's mom, was trying to like talk to her and be like, oh, I'll get you medicine. And this woman was just yelling in her face because she was like sneezing. (laughs) Achoo! 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 It was so funny. She was literally like just yelling at Rowena's mom. And it Ah, was Do you want a Benadryl? Ah! I laughed so hard during that scene. I was like, okay, this is good. This is funny. (laughs) (laughs) There's some good stuff right here. (laughs) But I can't believe that she would, like, she She was like, do that. Kill her. I mean, I guess, like, you. I guess, like, if she killed her, it didn't matter. There are no consequences. She's alive the next day. I want this to be darker. (laughs) You always want it to be darker. (laughs) I really wish that we had seen Rowena snap. oh my god more like palm springs where it's just like yes you know no consequences um i think we need to talk about tall santa now oh okay and i would like you to explain to the listeners who tall santa is before i go in on tall santa okay so on actual christmas day before the time loop starts rowena goes outside in a fit because she's not happy with how christmas is going and she throws (laughs) it's really not about her anymore Hmm. (laughs) exactly (laughs) which we'll get into (laughs) Um, but she gets this baseball and throws it at this like plastic santa uh figure in her yard (laughs) and she throws it and out pops Tall Santa. (laughs) This man (laughs) dressed as a mall Santa. And for some reason, she calls him Tall Santa. He is not tall. No, he is simply taller than the figurine in her yard. Barely. And that was the thing where I was like, is he tall? How tall? Is is Santa tall? Why are we calling? Why are you calling him Tall Santa? Because I looked up the actor's height. I had to. He wasn't tall. This man is 5'11". That's a normal man height. I'm sorry. And I just don't understand where that, like, reference was coming from because never in the history of hearing about Santa Claus did they ever say he was short. Santa lore goes deep. And I think we would know if Santa was like supposed to be like five, four. I think we would have known this by now. I don't know. Like, and I mean, Rowena's 11. Everyone's tall to her, but she doesn't call her uncle tall gunkle. 
She doesn't call her dad tall dad. Like, I don't know why. And throughout the whole movie, she was like, because tall Santa showed up everywhere. He drove a limo. He worked concessions. Um, he really, he, the grind set is real with tall Santa. And He's I have hustling. to say, he didn't even just drive a limo. He drove a white stretch Hummer, Hummer limo. Yeah. Tricked Dr- out. Like, tricked out in Christmas. And... It was truly absurd. But I think the also, most absurd thing was that she called him Tall Santa the entire Santa, movie. And he's not tall. I don't no. understand. There was no reason for her to be calling him Tall Santa. And she's not even like a short person. Like she's young, but she's not short. So there's no reason for her to be calling him Tall Santa It was at all. It was so funny, the whole movie. My biggest thing with Tall Santa, aside from his height... They could have given him some lifts. I'm sorry. <laughs> Put him on a box like Robert Downey Jr. did with Gwyneth Paltrow. I don't know. Um, Give him something. My, other, my, my, my biggest problem with Tall Santa, aside from his height, is that... I, now, I love a Santa movie. We said this last week. I'm a sucker for a Santa movie. We didn't need Santa in this movie. No. He didn't... Like, we could have taken him out and, like, we didn't need... You don't really need, like, a character to facilitate the time loop. And I don't. Yeah. I guess maybe they, they put it in so that Rowena wasn't alone entirely, maybe. Yeah. But I just... I don't think we needed Tall Santa or regular Santa. <laughs> also, I feel like... They tried to make him the one who, like, taught her the lesson, but that wasn't what happened. He, like, gave those, like, you know, little nuggets, or he tried, but she didn't take them. They went right over her head. She did not take it as a lesson ever There was him. a point. There was a point where, like, Santa was like, you know, you know what's going to happen every single day. Why don't you use it to help the people around you? And she was like, nah, I want to go play hockey. <laughs> Exactly. Okay, that... Oh, Do you have more about Tall Santa before I move on? No, I just thought we didn't need him. Okay, speaking of that, Rowena, throughout the majority of this movie, is the most selfish character I have seen in a long time. I... And, okay, before we go in on Rowena... We need to say we are not talking about the child actor. No, it's the character the that was character written. The character on the page that was written. Yes. The child actor, I thought, did a good job with what she was given. Yes. With what she was given. And what she was given was the worst protagonist I've ever seen in any movie ever. <laughs> no, literally, like, I get that, you know... I, kid in a part of the Groundhog's Day loop is that they use it for their advantage and then they get that gets old right yeah she uses it for the whole movie yeah the whole movie for a selfish thing like and it's because she to explain she's trying to check off all of the memories she wants to relive off her list right and she takes her time doing that. She um, takes her damn time. <laughs> she takes so much time. And 
Like, they're trying to teach her the lesson. It's, tall Santa is trying to teach her the lesson. And she <laughs> tall Santa no. is working so hard. <laughs> tall really Santa is. is like, I am trying to save you from the naughty list, you silly girl. And, and she is like, I kind of want to go to Winterfest, though. And I have to say, I got bored about 25 minutes in. Because, I mean, it is a Groundhog's Day loop, so it, it repeats. but. It was because she was just doing everything for herself at that point that I was like, yeah, okay, th- when is this going to get interesting? I was over the movie at 35 minutes. And then I was like, okay, when is she going to start doing things for other people and like learning the lesson? It wasn't until like 20 minutes till the end that she started yeah. doing that. And I was yeah, like, why I, did they write her like this? Yeah, no, I was, it, the movie felt so long i felt every minute of those hour and 32 minutes and i was at a certain point i was like when is she gonna learn something yeah but i would i want us to rewind to rowena before the time loop oh my god i am not a person who believes that you should hit your kids (laughs) (laughs) but this movie almost changed my mind oh no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh no i she was truly awful to her family they like no discipline from the parents yeah and she was constantly ruining her family's fun like that was her goal in life was to ruin any of any chance of her family having a good time because she wasn't the center of attention because it wasn't going exactly the way that she wanted and i understand right i understand it's it's a hard time to go through a transition like that for a kid. Yeah. But it I didn't get from the writing or the direction that she was going through a hard time. It all just came across very flat, one-dimensional. I'm not yeah. getting my way. Right. And like I just very I bratty. Yes. And I didn't I also didn't get this is uh, to transition into another point of the parent trap section of the movie. I thought the parent trap section of the movie came out of nowhere because I never yeah. at any point before the time loop got from Rowena that she wanted her parents to get back together. Like the situation yeah. looked like it was a great situation for all involved. And then suddenly she was like, I want my parents to get back together. And then she found out her dad had proposed to his girlfriend. And we had this moment where she was like sobbing, like having like a breakdown, which was a good acting moment for that child. Yeah. I thought she did a great job in that scene, but I didn't feel like we earned it. I felt like we had a lot of like really nice wrap ups for things that they didn't build up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Like some, some satisfying endings to things that were never there. But that's the thing. They took so much time, but did not make an arc out of it whatsoever. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. if you're going to spend the time, give me something interesting. Like, it was all just, like, so flat. And then it had, like, a nice little ending. And I was like, but when? how did we get to this nice little ending from the beginning of yeah, this it just, act? It, it didn't feel like the movie at all was a cohesive story. It felt like there were bits and pieces that were just kind of quilted together. Speaking of like things that weren't cohesive, um, there's a scene where this is pre-time loop where 
abuelo and abuelita give the mother a plate that has been in their family for generations. And the second the plate came on screen, I was like, this plate is going to break. And yeah. then it broke immediately. And I was like, whoa, I didn't think it was going to break that soon. But the way the plate breaks is like the sister reaches for her phone. She picks up like a, a slobbery dog toy. She throws it. It gets thrown. And then like it gets thrown at Abuelo. And the way that Abuelo yeeted that dish was so funny. <laughs> no, I I wrote that down too. I was like, this is the most over the top thing I've ever seen. Because it's just a chew, like chewed up like dog toy that gets thrown at him. Maybe like lands in his lap Lightly. and this man he throws this like family heirloom yeah and it reminded me of those like those infomercials where people can't work blankets <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> where like <laughs> like he just lost control of his limbs or it's like <laughs> the uh tupperware commercials where they open up and they grab one yeah. tupperware and everything falls out yeah like, that's how it felt it felt so over the top and like cheesy and <laughs> not good but one thing i do want to bring up which i feel like disney always tries to make their child stars or like the character the lead child character i guess is the best way to say it like learn a lesson and become like a good role model rowena was a terrible role model the majority of the movie for a child and literally the switch to when she started helping out other people and doing all that was so abrupt and mm -hmm. was not it was not wasn't like sparked by anything yes it, it was just really random and it didn't feel genuine for her character. Like Not it was just all. like, oh, I, I've done everything for me now. She was like, I've run out of chaos. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I've done everything that I wanted to do. What can I do now other than just like sitting here repeating the same day? I guess I can help other people. And I yeah. was like, this is awful. Like she's choosing them as the last resort. Like helping people is like the last yeah. thing you <laughs> should do. We could say that the scene with her sister was something that kind of put the ball in motion, like that emotional yeah. scene with her sister, because her sister even talks about, you know, when you were born, it was a big change for me. Right. And I know you're going right. through like the big change. And so like, I could see how maybe that was like a catalyst, but it, it just, it there, I've, I've felt the same as you where I don't think there was enough that sparked a reason for her to change her behavior. And like, I, I, the point of the time loop trope is like, you start off bad and you learn a lesson, you're good, time loop ends. And so yeah. like, we did need a certain level of brattiness in her, but I just felt like they let her be bratty for too long. Yeah. And absolutely. so like, so I would say maybe 75% of the movie is Rowena not being a great character. And that's the parts of the movie these kids are going to remember. <laughs> yeah. And it was just very surprising to me because I was like, Disney is so known for, you know, making children's movies that, you know, show some sort of character arc that teaches them a lesson. And this one... I felt did not hit the mark, did not do a good job for children watching it. 
especially if they are looking up to the lead character Rowena or relating to her, I feel like it's putting a bad message out rather than a good one for the majority of the movie. And I was kind of sad, especially because it's a Christmas movie where like normally arcs are even more heightened for the lesson being learned and becoming a good person. And, you know, it's the giving season and helping everyone out. And they, they didn't have barely any of that when yeah. it's normally the most heightened thing in this genre I just, of movie. I I felt like, and this probably might be going back to acting a little bit, but I just felt like if this movie had been more grounded, it could have been a lot better. Yeah. Like it had a lot of potential to be really good. And I, I, I'm struggling to like, find the words to describe what is different between like this movie compared to ultimate Christmas present. But like it, there's just something about it. I don't know if maybe they're trying to play it more for younger kids. I agree. I Um, I just think it's, they just didn't give it enough. I guess they didn't give it enough footing. I -hmm. think from the beginning. Yeah. And then they just kind of, it just kind of snowballed after that mm-hmm. and got worse. Yeah. And I feel like if it had that footing from the get, it would have been a little better because then we would have had a solid foundation. But I think because like the family in this movie is the foundation of the movie. Yeah. And I feel like that's where a lot of the problems lie. And if they just worked a little bit more on that and gave more attention to that, I feel like this movie could have been a, a couple notches better, in yeah. my opinion. Um, also, before we before we go on, I need to talk about this. Okay. There's a moment in the middle somewhere <laughs> where <laughs> Rowena is reading Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Oh, no. <laughs> and her mom comes in and is asking her, oh, you reading Christmas Carol? Like, and I think she's, she doesn't say what's it about, but something like that. And Rowena is like, it's about a very smart old man who doesn't like change. And he just wants everybody to stay the same always. And people are really like not vibing with that. And that's not the plot of Christmas Carol. It's what she wanted it to be about. (laughs) That's not the plot at all. The plot of Christmas Carol is capitalism. (laughs) Like, I don't, (laughs) I don't know how you missed it that hard. Like Ebenezer Scrooge is all about collecting money. He does not care about things changing. I feel like she was just projecting what story she wanted to see And that's all that we got from it. But these children who are watching this movie are going to learn about the Christmas Carol from this and learn it completely wrong. As someone who is currently in a production of A Christmas Carol, honey, I know it back and forth at this point. (laughs) (laughs) That ain't it. She really, I don't know why they just, they missed the bark. It bothered me. Also Um, that mariachi band. It was cute, but why? But the reason? Don't know. <laughs> I I have two moments that I was just not a fan of overall. And they were just like shots, like specific shots. 
So during day redo number two, they have a close-up or like a slow close-up on Rowena with this, what reminded me of like Star Wars-esque intense music that did not fit at all. <laughs> it made no sense. And I was like, they they could just, if they chose different music, it probably would have been better. But the music that they chose, I was like, this feels like someone's about to die. And she's just realizing that she has to live this day over again. It was just a little too intense. And then the second thing, and it's now I feel like it's like burned into my brain and I hate it. The close-up on the dad's girlfriend eating the chocolate. Eating the chocolate. Disgusting. First of all, I have to say, who, what kind of person just eats someone else's advent calendar? Would you ever go into someone else's home and take out of their advent calendar? No. that I An, an adult. Like, an adult did it. Like, I could see if, like, her son did it. Like, the girlfriend's yeah. son would do that. Like, that makes sense. But an adult woman goes into someone else's home where she is a guest and eats out of their and advent eats calendar. The last, the, the last day chocolate. of the advent calendar? What? Who raised this woman? I I was shocked. But that, that moment, that it was shot, the, it was oh. so uncomfortable and so weird. And like we had I, to watch it so many times. I literally <laughs> thought about stopping the movie at that point. I was like, this is weird. Like, this is just really weird. And then later, I think it's maybe a loop or two later, which this made me laugh. Rowena goes up to give Diane, who was eating or was about to eat her chocolate. She goes up to give her a hug and she goes, put down that chocolate or someone's going to get yeah. hurt or something like that. Yeah. And like whispers it so intensely into her ear. And I was like, after that shot that we just had of her eating it slowly yeah. as a close up, I am glad they put that in. Cause at least that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, also the line that she says after where Rowena eats the chocolate and she looks at Diane and she goes, Hmm, tastes like cinnamon and freedom. <laughs> It was so weird. Just that whole section that was, so, was so weird. But that was very funny. Why don't we move on to some fashion? I don't have many. I have one fashion note. <laughs> and that's Is it. it Rowena's mom's sweater? No, it's actually oh, her uncle Bruce's love. hat and cable knit sweater. <laughs> I love I loved her mom's sweater. I thought it was so cute. Her mom's sweater and was I cute. And I hated Diane's dress. Yeah, not a fan of that dress either. Yeah. And I, I liked that they dressed Ro as a regular kid. Like, she looked like a cute regular kid and not like all these weird things from like the early 2000s. Yeah, I, I think they did that with everyone in this movie, yeah. which is why I don't have a, like a lot of fashion yeah. notes because they were just like everyday clothes. But I loved uncle bruce's like cream chunky mm. cable knit sweater yeah, with his hat nice. i loved it yeah so would you like to know some fun facts i would love to know some fun facts about this movie i just have two it's not i've been out for very long so i read this one this is the first lgbt kiss in a decom and that is a fact that is the fact 
But the fact continued on to say, but it is not the first LGBT representation that was under wraps 2021. And I don't count that. <laughs> they were on screen. So it was quickly I'm say, stated that there were gay dads, and that's it. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say that this is the first LGBT representation. Actual LGBT representation on Disney. And then Disney. this is a correction to an IMDB fun fact. IMDB oh. falsely states that this movie is the second DCOM to ever feature a Latina lead after Gotta Kick It Up from like 2001, I want to say, is when Gotta Kick It Up came out. And I was like, that seems like a long time. And then I realized it's wrong because they forgot about our good sis Selena Gomez in Princess Protection Program and the Wizards of Waverly Place movie. So yes. this is the fourth DCOM to feature a Latina lead. I like. I love that. Bring more of that. I like. Yeah. I and that was like one of my favorite little bits of this. Like I talked about in the positives. Like I loved having that different bit of culture in there. Mm-hmm. But I love that. Yeah. So this movie came out December third. So we there's no way to know where these actors are now unless they're sharing their location. But I would love to know like where they been. Well, let me tell you. So let's start with. Our lead, Rowena, played by Scarlett Estevez. A cute kid. She really is. And she actually began her acting career at age three in national commercials. She do- she's done, I think it said 25 national commercials since starting at age three. Wow. When um, I was three, I was just going through my biting phase. Literally, I swear, <laughs> I, feel, I feel so like... What, what is the word I'm looking for? Inadequate? Yeah, incredibly inadequate. <laughs> Next to these past couple, like, where have they been slash where are they now? Like, actors where they've all started at age four. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what was I doing? <laughs> Why did Probably I start going through your biting four? phase. Probably. But her first film role was in a short film called The Magic Bracelet made for the Make-A-Film Foundation in 2013. Hmm. And from what I remember, that had some pretty big faces and names for the time in it as well. Hmm. She also appeared in Nickelodeon's TV film, The Massively Mixed Up Middle School Mystery, which is a mouthful. I love alliteration. And she was also in the movies Daddy's Home and Daddy's Home 2 as the character Megan. Yeah. That's mine. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Wow. Um, And she played the daughter of Mark Wahlberg and the stepdaughter of Will Ferrell in that movie. Wow. She also, from 2016 to 2021, she played a main role in Fox's series Lucifer. Oh, And she was also, from 2019 to 2021, a main role in Disney's series Bunked, which is what a lot of kids now apparently know her for, and I've seen her from. Well, that's awesome. She got to, she got to, I love when, like, Disney show kids get to, like, do Disney movies. Yeah, and she's actually about to be in a new Disney superhero series where she was cast as the lead Violet Rodriguez, AKA Ultraviolet in the new superhero series, Ultraviolet and the Blue Demon. There there have been different names for it. I think 
ultraviolet in the black scorpion was also a name at one point. It's not mm-hmm. out yet, I don't believe. I think it's in production, but so, that um, will be her next role. Are we thinking that Lil Mama is going to be like the next Disney queen? Maybe. She could be. I think she could too. I mean, and it sounds like Disney is keeping her working. Like the next like Selena, Miley, Demi. Yeah. Hillary, Raven kind of thing. Yeah, I definitely feel like she could be one of them. Brenda. Sorry, we can't forget our good sis Brenda song. Brenda song is incredible. We will never sleep on her again. (laughs) No. And I also have a fun fact about Scarlett Estevez. Mm -hmm. She is the niece of... Liza Weil, I think is how you pronounce her last name, who is known for playing Paris Geller on Gilmore Girls. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So she has some family in the biz. Next, we have our favorite, Tall Santa. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Gary Anthony Williams is the actor of Tall Santa. A great actor. I liked him a lot as an actor. Yes. And he is an actor, writer, and director that has been in the business since 1990, from what his IMDb says. He is known for his work in Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle, (laughs) Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows, and Netflix's I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore with Elijah Wood and Melanie Linsky, Mm -hmm. which I have never heard of that before. But when I looked it up, it looks very interesting. Mm -hmm. So I may be watching that here soon. He actually has over 200 acting credits on his IMDb. Good for tall Santa. And wait, and he has five projects in post-production right now. (laughs) Tall Santa is making that money. Good for him. Yeah. But I have to say, of all of his credits that I saw, my favorite was that he played the bailiff on The Amanda Show. In 1999 and 2000. Amanda Bynes. Let me tell you, when you look at his Wikipedia page versus his IMDb, they are two very different pictures. And I mean, they're from very different times. But I was like, is this a different person? Like, I was genuinely confused. I was like, are there two actors by the same name here? And so when I saw his Wikipedia picture, I was like, I know him from somewhere. And it was because he played the bailiff on The Amanda Show. But he looks so different now, as he should. Um, (laughs) You know, how aging works. (laughs) Right. In his IMDb picture that I never would have guessed that I had known him from somewhere. But that's me calling back to Amanda Bynes from the beginning of this episode. I also have a fun fact about him. Oh. So he realized his love of acting through a computer error in his high school that signed him up for a drama class that he was just too lazy to get out of. And this man has over 200 acting credits and five projects in post-production right now. You know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. It was fate. It was fate for Gary Anthony Williams. Heck yeah. I love Mr. Gary Anthony Williams. Me too. He will... Always be my tall Santa. (laughs) Specifically tall Santa. Yep. No one else can fill that hole. (laughs) No one. No, no one else is tall enough to fill the hole. That's correct. (laughs) So I guess it's time for us to wrap up our thoughts into a nice little bow. And 
figure out where we're going to put this on the ranking. So I guess I'll start. I I think that the the overall theme of the movie is great for kids because a lot of kids go through divorce and, you know, getting new siblings, the idea of like being the baby and getting displaced. I thought these were great themes that kids should see. I didn't like the movie very much in the start, but by the end, I think they got me a little bit. That, you know, the ending, I liked it. It was cute. However, the script was just all over the place. Just all over the place. And the dialogue was not great. The protagonist was not great. The acting was not not our best work. So that's kind of where I'm at. What about you? I I agree with a lot of what you just said. I think there were good bits that they added into this that I talked about in the positives, like having LGBTQ plus representation in a decom. That was great. Mm. I I liked the incorporation of the Hispanic culture and language very naturally into this movie. But I do think the overall writing, the overall script, and the acting, I couldn't really get behind. I think, like I said before, they took just a little too much time with a lot of stuff that kind of had me looking at my watch and being like, okay, when are we going to move on from this? Yeah. And I I liked the ending. It was heartwarming. But for me, I don't think it was enough to make me look at this movie and be like, oh, well, at least like I would watch this because, you know, the ending makes it worth it. Like it wasn't worth it for me. And I don't think I would watch this one again. I I agree that I think it's it's a good story overall. I just think execution wise wasn't the best. Yeah. So for the ranking, I was thinking above under wraps 2021, below go figure. So the number 12 spot in our list of 13 movies. What about you? I, you think that? I can agree with you. I think I think this one was ever so slightly above under wraps, in my opinion. I would say um, a little more than slightly for me. For me. I, I and it's disappointing because these are the new Disney movies. I and know. we're watching the ones from our childhood, which of course have their downfalls and, you and know, their some upsides. Of them, I mean, don't want to bring it up again, but Smart House gave me a lot of questions. Go yeah. figure was not as good as I remembered it to me. Right. So it's right. not like all the ones from our childhood are perfect, but No. But we're seeing that the newer ones are just not meeting some of the fun older ones that we we end up liking even as adults. I think it's interesting to see how like the the vibe that they're going for changes, like the overall energy and direction of the movie. Like, because I would say that Christmas Again and Under Wraps have similar energies. Yeah. And I feel like the older movies are made more for like a family to where like a kid, a teenager, and a parent could all watch the movie and enjoy it. Whereas these, yeah. I feel like only your six-year-old will like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's very geared towards young yeah, children it's like and very, only young children. Specific audiences, for sure. Yeah, I agree. 
But I am glad I watched it. Yeah. I so. mean, it was it was an interesting watch in and I love a time but, loop. I love me a time loop. See, I love me a Christmas movie. I yeah. love me a, a cheesy Christmas movie, which I think why is why the ending was, you know, it was a traditional cheesy Christmas movie ending, which I was like, oh, good. Like, yeah. yes, I love this feeling. Absolutely. But I uh, just think the majority of the movie didn't. Yeah. Didn't get to that point, which I was really wanting. Yeah. Well, listeners, we have a treat for you. Thank you for listening to the end of this episode. Thank you for listening to 13 episodes in. Uh, we we love all of you who listen. It's so awesome that you actually do listen. And we have a little treat coming up for you. Next week, we will be reviewing the one, the only, the iconic, the groundbreaking high school musical. Yes, I am so excited. It is about time we did a musical movie. I am excited. I have to say, I'm going to preface this now, and Megan, you can add as well. I was a high school musical kid. I love high school musical. Now, I I know I have to keep that on the back burner, watching and reviewing it, but... As a kid, I mean, I I saw the third one in theaters. I same. watched oh, them every time they were on TV. Had them so all I'm, on DVD. Yes, absolutely. I know the soundtracks like the back of my hand. Oh, yeah. So it's going to be interesting having to put that on the back burner and sit yeah. and actually watch it and like take notes and yeah. like think of it outside of like a fan mindset. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Yeah. But I'm so excited. But I think we can do it. We're big girls. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> so, Megan, where can you find us online? Thank you for asking. As always, you can find us on Instagram at Disney Channel Unoriginal Pod. Also, if you like us and like this podcast, we would love if you could rate us a five-star rating because it helps other people find the podcast. And we just want to create a whole big community of decom lovers. And yeah, you all, all you decuppers out there. You <laughs> Is that big old, Yeah, you big old boobs. You keep coming <laughs> back for us. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you can, you can also leave us a review and let us know what your favorite decom is or what decom you want to hear about next because we're getting out of holiday season, so mm-hmm. we're going to be getting into just any decoms that we want to round up and watch here in the next couple months. So, if you want to hear about a specific one, let us know. Yeah, please. We release new episodes every Sunday. So until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Megan. And I'm Sabrina. And you've been listening to D-Cup. The Disney Channel unoriginal podcast. Dun, 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 dun.